<laughs> All right. Welcome to the Redemptification Podcast. Today I've got two awesome guests, and uh, I've become really fast friends, specifically with one. And we got to meet uh, at an event in Birmingham. Um, uh, my first guest is Randy Wilson, and I'm going to let him tell you more about his uh, his background and uh, his uh, his role. And then the other is Mike Gibson, and Mike is a uh, leader of a company called Creature, which I've come to really honor and respect, specifically because I think it's one of the more innovative design and construction companies that I've seen in, in, a, in, in some time. They're just really really unique. And then uh, Randy has a leadership role in Mike's company and they both uh, are really just unique folks in the way they're approaching the leadership. Um, and I just wanted to bring them on and talk about how they're really, they're, they're integrating their faith in a way that I thought is just, uh, is just really unique. And so I'm excited to talk to you guys. So so, Mike, I, I'd love for you to kind of give us a little bit of your background, um, kind of how you just give us a little short story of uh, how you how Creature evolved and uh, kind of what you guys are up to. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm now the director of design at Creature and, and um, you know, Creature has been in existence for about seven years. And it's the uh, merger of a company that I started in college called Appleseed Workshop. Uh, started that company uh, really because I was getting married and needed to support that decision. And so uh, uh, we, as me and a buddy uh, started building things, uh, designing things while we were in architecture school. We would install cabinets uh, for uh, people, if you you know buy cabinets from Lowe's, you call us, we install them. So we just we did everything, uh, handiwork and things like that, and kept growing that company to uh, get to a uh, unlimited uh, renovation um, general contractor's license. And so we we were fully design build and and <clears throat> could could renovate any any project any size. And so eventually um, started bumping into. Um, uh, who's now my business partner, Jeff Golden's company, Golden Construction. Um, they were they were much larger, and so we would, at, at, at the smallest scale of what they would do, we we started competing, and um, uh, then you know really through some of that competition uh, became acquainted and 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 then collaborated on a project that went really well, and then um, merged the company. So we've been merged for almost seven years, and and. Um, and yeah, so still, uh, you know, one of our expertise is adaptive reuse, and and we also have a, a very innovative kind of uh, muscle in our in our DNA that uh, where we're pursuing just you know how can we push innovation in construction, and so we we develop projects where we're using modular technology, and, and we work with a, a medical modular company called Blocks, and we do a lot of work with them, um, and so. Uh, yeah, so really focused on innovation and construction, um, you know, uh, and um, and yeah, yeah, and then just trying to figure out how to navigate um, this environment that we live in uh, with with COVID and and materials shortages and escalation, and do all that, uh, you know, uh, and, and and maintaining a, a witness for Christ. So good. I mean, just so the the listeners know um 
I mean, y'all, you, Creature is active in uh, in multiple vertical markets, right? I mean, so adaptive reuse, you guys are active in multifamily. You've done some industrial, um, look, a little bit of healthcare, I think, correct? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's pretty much, pretty much as far as commercial goes. And you guys are, when we say integrated, you're truly integrated, meaning you have, you actually have mechanical, uh, mechanical and plumbing in-house, correct? And so, so some of the trades you guys actually control a lot of the general trades as well. Mm -hmm. So it's uh, again, I just can't say that's it's, it's in this environment and just in general commercial construction, uh, normal commercial markets is pretty, it's pretty rare. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it is rare and might be a good idea. Uh, we're still trying to figure that out. Um, it's, and so we're, we, we, we've learned a lot and, um, you know, it's definitely, um, you know, j just like with anything, you know, or I guess to quote the Spider-Man quote, with great power comes great responsibility. And, uh, so what we've learned is, you know, just cause you can do something doesn't mean you should. And, and, um, and so we've learned some important lessons uh, through that. And so, yeah, and now are really figuring out how to deploy that fully integrated reality. Uh, really, it's, it's become very effective in, in uh, stitching uh, what we call stitching these large kind of modular pieces of buildings together um, in the medical uh, kind of environment, um, which that type of modular um, technology will also start to come to bear on multifamily um, market as well. Well, I think that as far as our discussion today, what's important too is that, you know, to understand the, the variety and the size of Creature. I mean, Creature's doing, can you give us an idea of what the y'all's volume of construction is annually today? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a little deceiving. Uh, I mean, I think last year, you know, we did something around 50 million. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's fully integrated work. And so you, you, you kind of have to kind of understand that it, it you know, for, from a traditional general contracting standpoint where you're just kind of coordinating all the work on a job site and making kind of like a small fee on the coordination of all the work. Um, we're actually doing the work. And so, uh, we're actually much larger uh, than it would seem like we should be um, given, you know, that volume. Right. And so, um, you know, by various definitions, we might have like 75 employees um, again, various definitions. Um, and uh, yeah. So uh, in, in, in this year, that volume might even come down um, a bit, uh, but the amount of job sites will be like quadruple um, because as we deliver modular, um, you know, uh, kind of uh, stitching solutions, um, again, our scope is very uh, specific and we're, we're, we're deploying those, um, that multidiscipline kind of group of people, mechanical plumbing finishes and site work. Um, and so our, we'll probably do um, 30 projects this year um, that will represent a, you know, like, a, you know, a volume of maybe $25 million worth of work. 
Um, but, you know, again, because of the way that work is delivered, the, the margin on that is, is, is more. Is good. I, I mean, I think it's important to, for just contextually, everybody's listening because a lot of times when we think of general contractor, construction management, architect, there's, there's kind of this separation, right? There's this management and then there's, there's true builders. Um, and what I want everybody on the call to understand is that you guys are actually leading trades and responsible for trades. So when we have this kind of conversation about integrating, you know, you're, you're a, you're, you know, you're a, a believer and um, you're going to be integrating your faith. We're talking about an organization that's got uh, everything from carpenters, you know, uh, ductwork guys, all integrated in. We're not just talking about just the kind of a management group, project managers and things like mm -hmm. that. So mm -hmm. I think it's interesting. All right. So how did you guys, so uh, Randy, Mike, how did you guys connect? Randy, what's, uh, what's your role at Creature? Yeah, we, we connected when I moved to Birmingham. Uh, we moved from Austin probably six years ago, seven years ago now, uh, and immediately got plugged in with a local community, and, and Mike was a part of that community. Uh, we had some, at the time I was leading an international business training organization where we trained uh, aspiring entrepreneurs on how to create what we call the kingdom business. It's a business that creates a, a, a positive revenue source so that the entrepreneur can have a positive impact for the community. And so while I was doing that, me and my wife, we, a little bit backstory, we met in Uganda, lived in Uganda for three years, moved back to the States. We were living in Austin, uh, decided to move to Birmingham. And uh, in that process, she got really sick. And so because I was working internationally, I couldn't find a co-working space. I was open at 1 a.m. And so I was sharing that with Mike one day and he was like, hey, our, our office, you could, you could come in any time of the day, any time of the night, you name it. Here's a key fob. You can have unlimited coffee, unlimited snacks. And so for the first probably four years of our relationship, I was a little bit of an undercover uh, nonprofit executive director who I often tell people I worked at Creature for four years. I've worked for Creature for the last two years. Um, and people often wonder, what, what do you mean by that? And so it was actually incredible. Uh, today, my role is I work with the, with the leadership team. So I, I'm over three areas. So I'm, I'm working on leadership coaching, the culture of the prop of the company and then uh, the philanthropy and outreach. So I've been looped into that to try and really think through how do we have an outsized impact with this company? Uh, because of our leadership team and our faith alignment, it often is, is asking that question from a, a ministry standpoint of how do we have from our hearts? What has God put on our hearts and how do we? go out and live that and, and see that that desire come to reality through our efforts and through our work. Uh, probably the earliest fruit of that was our first uh, leadership offsite about two years ago now. We made the decision to become a, or we had already been it, been doing this, but it was a decision to go ahead and talk about becoming a, a people-first construction company. So as you were talking about the different trades being incorporated into the, this this company and how that kind of plays together with the PMs and with our design team, we wanted to make sure in everything we did that we were people first. So it actually is very loving to our people to, to employ them and to care for them as our employees rather than this. And we recognize the sub and, and the sub GC relationship wasn't always the best one. And so we wanted to address that and try and figure out how could we 
navigate that and create a better situation. So my role today is working with the leadership team to think through how do we do that well internally? So what's the internal impact, but then also externally. So as we do our work, we're going to be given a platform to have an impact. How are we choosing to use that platform? And that looks like working with nonprofits, community leaders, uh, sitting in with different churches and, and just different connections that come from the day-to-day business operation. Man, I've just got so many things uh, that just come to mind. I mean, one thing that really struck me is that you're, you're right. I mean, the, the construction industry in general has been a, uh, it's not, if you look at like our productivity from an industry standpoint, it's not really gotten better over a hundred year period as other manufacturing and other industries have. And I think a lot of people would say it's because of that lack of integration, right? Across the trades, across from design to to construction. And I could go on this topic for a while. Um, even with the integration of technology in the design process, there's just been, it's not, it's not picked up. Like we have not seen this great production. And I, I think really what you said, Randy, it's more cultural than it really is anything else because we create like because of the vision of trades, we we create there's almost like there's a lack of cultural service. Like, you know, like one common thing like is like who owns the condensate drain in a project, right? Is it the plumber or the mechanical guy? Right. So like that very simple thing say, well that's not my job, right? Like there's this like this culture and I think that you guys with this integration has created this really unique opportunity to really have uh, like you said, to have this impact internally. Um, and that's why I'm really excited about what Mike's doing, uh, what these guys are doing, what you guys have done. So one thing I do want, Randy, to kind of, what is your actual, like, what is your title? Like, what is, what, what do they, what, what do people call you at Creature? Is, is that uh, a question or it, does that even matter? Or? So it, it doesn't, to me, it doesn't matter. Um, depends on the person you ask. We have a guy named Bubba who always calls me doctor. Uh, we have a guy named Will who always calls me fluff. Uh, and so I'm anywhere in between those two. Uh, to, to our team, I'm the guy that is, is there just to care for them. And it's not to replace anybody. It doesn't, I think what's important is my role and my, my title is not uh, it, it is not an excuse for the leadership team to be jerks. It is a resource for our team to be to be loved and cared for. I believe that that so I became a, a follower of Christ later in life. And when I look at the the scriptures, it's very clear that there's commandment: love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, body, and soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. And then there's callings, and we can look at all different scriptures in in light of that. So understanding our command to love people. So that is what I do day in and day out is trying to think through how do we love well? So day to day, it looks like I'll lead uh quarterly health checks with our team and I'll, I'll pray for those health checks. We'll pray for every single individual before our health checks. And then we'll go into those quarterly health checks and, and talk through, how are you doing? Where do you want to go? What's next on, what's next on your journey? And so it's, it's really integrating that, you know, business development, personal development, uh, but also bringing in our true convictions of what it looks like to love people well. 
So we've toyed with different titles. I think probably the title that helps people understand it the, the best, and it's a little vague, is, is chief spiritual officers, but oftentimes I get called in different rooms. Um, that I'm a, so just to, to be clear and, and transparent, I'm actually a fractional chief spiritual officer for, for three different companies. And then I still helped run an inter, the international nonprofit that I've been a part of the last nine years now. Um, and so that title, it's just people have given me other titles throughout my, my time. And, and we just keep coming back to the same one. It, it, it there's a lot of reasons for it. I am on the leadership team, so it makes sense to have a director or a chief title in there. Uh, and this role matters. It matters when our team, that they come to me because they believe and they know that I actually have a voice on our leadership team and, and I can get stuff done. It's not, I, I don't want to speak negatively about groups, but we've seen the chaplain role used previously in, in other opportunities. And a chaplain is this one thing, a chief spiritual officer is, is very different and has a lot more ownership in the company. Hmm. I, I want you to unpack that a little bit more. Um, Cause one thing that comes to mind is that like we, and, and even Mike, you said this in our kind of prep for the call, you know, is that I think it's an important distinguishment to say, Hey, it's creature itself is not a Christian company. I mean, a company doesn't, uh, well, your words was it doesn't have a soul, right? Uh, but you, as a leader, Mike, happen to be a, you, you have a strong faith uh, and a strong faith to the leader. Um, I think it's worthwhile to kind of talk about that a little bit, that distinguishment, you know, is it, it's a platform for you as a leader, but, you know, as a, you know, as a whole creature doesn't claim to be Christian. So maybe go into that a little bit. You want yeah, me or Mike to go into that? <clears throat> Either one, which whoever, whoever. You take, you take it over, Mike. I've been rambling. <clears throat> yeah, no, I mean, I, I think that, again, uh, we, we all have different callings. And and so, you know, uh, actually, um, I think uh, it's, it's a, a Chuck Weldon who uh, is, is uh, kind of is the leader of, of one of the companies that, that – uh, Randy is a, a fractional resource to, I think you heard it from someone else, but just it kind of talked about, we all have different assignments and we, we shouldn't, you know, necessarily you know, spend a lot of time comparing, well, how come my assignment is different than this person's assignment? How come this person isn't doing what I think they should be doing and things like that. So, I mean, we, we all have different callings from the Lord. We all have different assignments and, and, you know, I believe, you know, comparison is the, the thief of all joy. And so, you know, as, as, as I think about creature, um, I think that, you know, what, what I'm called to do here at creature is to be who I am. And, and, you know, uh, I've been, been, you know, called to be a, a, a Christian. And, and so I think that companies like creature that are not, um, on the nose about being, you know, a Christian company um, are important uh, because, you know, I, I think that that um, it's important to be in the world, not of the world. Uh, and so, but we are we are still in the world right now, and and we we are to interact in a loving way and 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 an accepting way um, from a 
from a relational standpoint. And so, so yeah, I mean, so a creature, um, as I lead as a uh, believer, what I'm called to is just to kind of be myself, right? Be who I'm, uh, uh, the Lord has called me to be and, and, and follow the commandments of scripture. And so, um, fortunately, you know, you know, in, I'm in charge in, 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 in a lot of ways. And, and, and so, yeah, if, if, if I'm in, in charge of the meeting, guess what? We're going to pray before the meeting. Um, and because I want what's best for my company and I believe that the Lord is in control of everything and, and guiding us and, and filling our, our minds with wisdom and, and, and give, you know, one of the things I pray every, uh, Monday morning meeting, um, we, we will start and we'll, you know, I just ask prayer questions. No, no, no pressure. Does anybody, I'm about to pray. Does anybody want me to pray for anything? And, you know, the first time I asked that, um, everybody was kind of like, well, you know, nobody had an answer. Now there's three or four or five people uh, that, that will, um, say, Hey, no, here's what's going on. And, and what's interesting, that prayer request is, is as much of a, Hey, this is what's going on in my life. Like, Hey, I'm having, literally, we have somebody who had brain surgery on Monday. And so we've been praying for the, the uh, preparation of that, um, for the last several weeks. And so, um, you know, and so then, so, so then, you know, we'll include uh, those, those prayer requests in the prayer, but then we, you know, I, I usually end it with, you know, saying, you know, Lord, you know, give the, the wisdom to know the right things to do and the courage to do it. And, you know, and so that's just how we start. And then, um, you know, and, and so the, the hope is throughout the day that, you know, my reactions and, and, and um, strategies are being filtered, you know, through the, you know, my faith. Right. And so some days, uh, that's more successful than others. And I think one of the keys to being, you know, a, a Christian leader is to not, is to, to own your mistakes in, in those moments. Like you're going to screw up and you should not spend a whole lot of time defending that. Hey, yeah, I just lost my temper and that's not good. You know, I mean, just like sometimes, you know, I have to do with my kids when I yell at them, you know, it's like, Hey, that was not, that's not how that should have gone down, you know? And, and I'm sorry for that and not trying to be perfect. You know, I, I think as believers, sometimes we, we can give off this air of we have it all together, everything's perfect, everything's good. And I think that's off-putting. Um, and certainly as a leader where you're working close with people, they, they can see, they see the truth. And, you know, as, as Christians, the truth is that we are broken and we are sinners and, and salvation is through our great savior. And, and if we are not um, vulnerable about our brokenness, um, everything else we, we say about our faith is, is, you know, isn't really true and, and, and uh, won't have the impact that, that it could have. Man, you said the, the, the V word, and that's the word that really struck me. And that's actually, Mike, one of the things I honor about you that you've shown to me you know, very early is that you lead with a football. And it's, it's rare in this industry because it always feels like a fight. I mean, if you're, whether it's a, you're, you know, especially when you're squeezed between the client and their needs and the financing, the developer, all the way down to the trades, you know, there's this constant, it's constant conflict. 
uh, and to be able to to be able to lead with vulnerability is, is powerful, you know. And I think that's a it's a big part of what draws me to you guys. Um, so Randy, coming back to kind of to this thing, one one thing that's interesting. I mean, I think every to me, everybody on the call is like the elephant in the room is this like secular marketplace, almost this I don't know, separation of church and state, separation of church and market or you know how do these things compliance all those things all those questions come up right and and you were talking about like if there was like hr or human resource to me the role that you're playing that's what it feels like human resources should look like right it's like caring for but we've turned hr into like an overall no it's more like hey compliance avoid litigation kind of thing and and I don't know if you could give us anything here, but I, I'd really just be interested in like, is there, how do you, I mean, how do you speak to this? I mean, I, I mean, yeah. you're, you're one of the, the, I guess right now you're kind of pioneering something in my mind, this, this, and we'll talk about like what I would say, this integration of faith and work. So talk a little bit about that, Randy. Yeah, I think HR is seen in the traditional sense to care for people. And so they do a lot of stuff to try and care for people. And I would say what I bring into the table is uh, a desire to first know the people we're trying to care for and then to be to be bold with what. So I'm going to zoom out a little bit. The same rules that that people are that exist that cause a lot of people fear are the same rules that we as believers can can follow to give us a lot of freedom. So if we treat everyone the same, we can do whatever our faith convicts us for the most part, as long as it's within certain rationale. Uh, but you can pray with people. You can pray with your team. You can you can lead prayer times. You can uh, when we so I, I'm the lead recruiter for us when we bring on new team members, I cast the vision. Hey, we are a people first construction company. If you don't care about people, you're not going to be a good fit here. I challenge people to to show examples of how they do that. And as long as I do that consistently, then uh, I can care for people and be the HR department. Now, I don't have the HR training of dealing with you know, insurance premiums and that kind of stuff is, is probably the main reason why I keep off the director of HR title is because I don't want people coming to me with their insurance card telling me that they've got an issue. Um and, and I can help navigate that. I can help point them in the right direction, but that's just not, that's not my giftings. So I think my role is, is really thinking through people care is how do we care for our people that are who are the people that God's given us? So we talk about internal impact and then we talk about external impact. Who, who are the people that our business touches externally and how do we have an impact with them from developers to uh, true sub relationships? Um, we've been meeting with a lot of uh, store managers of a certain a certain project that we've been working on, and I think if if we weren't a people first construction company, we would say no, we're going to do it our way. We're, we're just going to keep doing it our way. But that's built into our culture of understanding where people are coming from and caring for those people in the midst of challenging times. So I do think you could uh, you could make the argument that I fit into the HR role. Uh, as I mentioned, the guy who calls me fluff likes to put me in the HR. He likes to put the HR hat on me. Um, 
so yeah, it, it works. I think ultimately it is creating a, a, a safe space for people to have hard conversations. That's if, if from a non, a non spiritual lens, that is what I do. I create these environments. Bad seed planted in good soil might produce fruit. Good seed planted in terrible soil likely won't produce any fruit. So we don't have control over the seed, but we have control over the what, what's the soil we're creating, what's the environment we're creating. And so that's my role is to continually work that soil, continually work that environment so that when the seeds get planted, it can produce the, the 30, 60, 100 fold fruit. Good stuff. Um, you know, I want to kind of talk about just, you know, we, when we talk about what, I guess what you guys are coining, like spiritual integration. Um, into into the creature or into the organization you work in, Randy. Like to me, like there's like two, and I and I think there's like a there's a tension, and I think we've already spoken to this, right? Creature is not a quote unquote Christian company, but as believers, like we truly, and this may be just true for me. So maybe you could be my doctor, Randy. So I I bring it on. Well, I just, I feel like I want to live a fully integrated life, right? Yeah. So it's easy to say, like, I think when we talk about, you know, this kind of movement, you know, this work and faith movement, like, I think it's easy to see faith as a lens we see through, but not as something that we, we truly want to integrate in. And, and here's an example. Here's my failures. Okay. Like I've gone through a personal tragedy in the last few weeks and um been going back and forth with that and then we had uh and uh i had a i always call it an interruption right i had an interruption the other day where something that came up a, a, a problem with a a tenant that has been we've been in conflict several times so you get the call and i shouldn't even this is something i shouldn't have dealt with but it was really simple she, they couldn't get a lock to work so i'll but nobody was around. So here I am, I'm going to go, go deal with this lock. And um, so I was dreading the whole thing, totally missing the point that this was probably an invitation, not an interruption, right? So you get to the moment. I'm not prepared for the moment. I'm actually kind of resenting. So I'm in resentment. And uh, I'm only thinking about all the other thousand things I should be doing at this moment and not fixing this lock. And, uh, and I get there and, whatever reason I just started sharing because I was I don't know why but I was like frustrated and just telling her about thing and then she comes to this moment and had a very similar experience and uh she's actually vulnerable now so we're in this moment but I didn't I wish I could tell everybody on the call that I just came with this great you know great peace and great like revelation in the moment and we were there together but that's not what happened and so like I'm I'm missing it. You know what I'm saying? Or I feel like I'm missing it. I want to have full integration. But in the midst of all the things of business and conflict, it's really it's difficult. So like my question is, is, is faith a lens? We're just seeing it through or is integration really possible? And are you guys I mean, how are you how are you building that culture? I guess. Yeah, I would say integration is is fully possible. You can be your full self and, and to some degree, I think being 
So if you're not rooted in scripture, if you're not rooted in community, if you're not rooted in, in the different things that help prepare you for those moments, then entering into that moment, what, what little preparation you feel like you did have, that doesn't even exist. So you have no ability to, to speak those words that, that ultimately did create a vulnerable moment where you could share that with your, your uh, client. So I think regularly being prepared is a part of that integration. Uh, I think setting up certain dynamics or certain metrics, we talk about kingdom performance indicators and, and certain capacities that give you some direction is really important. But ultimately what you're, what you're re- referencing, we just call the messiness of ministry. So uh, it's just hard to, to call business anything other than hard is probably incorrect. I mean, it is really tough specifically the construction industry. So I work for three different types of industries that are for-profit. The construction industry is hands down the, the most difficult industry to be in, uh, just from the reality of what has already been talked about on this call. So I think the the integration side is very, very much possible. We just need to create, so you mentioned the lens, we just need to, to have the understanding of what's our perspective. So it's not the lens, it's it's what is our whole life? Like, what is, what is our, our purpose at our company? What, what does that look like? And then that being a driving factor day in and day out, week in and week out, as you're having these conversations with, with clients, again, the external, who are the external people? And one of the companies that we've worked with, that I've worked with, we made a list and there was probably 15 different folks who are the external impact that we have. And there was a very clear, four to five individual, not individuals, four or five uh, different groups that we had significant opportunity with. And so what we said was, hey, this is our this is our primary impact. The secondary impact is we're going to be always aware of it. And we're going to talk about it with each other day in and day out. We're going to ask each other, hey, how are you doing interacting with the vendors? How are you doing interacting with the clients and customers? And then we're going to be aware of these other 10, these other 10 groups of people. We're going to, if the opportunity arises, then we're going to we're going to try and take advantage. But it, what it did was it created some more specific purpose and just understanding one of the questions that we'll ask uh, companies is, what is your unique spiritual impact focus? So every construction company that wants to be a faith-aligned and, and faith-driven, whatever, we want to, whatever acronym we want to say or whatever title we want to give it, they likely have a very specific focus. And we want to serve homeless people through X, Y, and Z initiatives. Or we want to build projects in uh, emerging markets with X, Y, and Z development. They're very different. And so I think it's important for us to ask that question and to say, how are we wanting to have this impact? And then as teams, we set those, those structures up to hold people accountable. And me and Mike check in at least once a week, but it's often once a day. Uh, how, how are you doing with your team? How are you doing? How's your mindset with this? How's this project going? And it's not just, Give me the give me the, the the facts. It's incorporating a spiritual focus into this journey. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I'm I'm trying to think through. You know, Ty asks very specific questions and is contemplative, and so you know, as far as the lens and integration, I and so I'm still trying to think through that. But the, I mean, as believers, we're not. Uh, our callings are not uh, supposed to be um, in conflict with each other. Right. And so, 
you know, I'm, I'm, I am, I am a believer. Uh, I'm also called to be a husband because the Lord caused me to find a wife. Um, I'm called to be a father because he blessed us and his sovereignty with three beautiful children. And, you know, we live in a specific area and, and he has led me down a path that, you know, I'm, I've had a company, I'm the director of design at that company. And so, and, and so that is, seems to be part of my calling as well. And so all of these things, you know, I mean, I don't remember the, what the verse is, but it's the, the, the idea that, you know, the Lord never um, puts something uh, in, uh, never puts us to a test that he hasn't prepared us to, uh, to overcome and, and obviously overcome that through his means of grace, not our own strength. Um, but so as, as, so then, you know, as a, as a leader, one of the most kind of loving things that I believe I can do is to, is to operate in all of those callings all, you know, all the time. Right. And so, you know, like Randy was talking about preparation. I mean, so as a believer, how do we start the day? I mean, how did, how did Christ teach us to start the day and, 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 and walk through the day and in the day. But, you know, so we, we, you know, I, I, I spend time in the word in the morning and, and, and pray and, and, and pray for specific things so that my mindset is, is as ready as it can be. Um, but then, and I haven't been um, as successful at this in my entire career, but the Lord continues to grow me and teach me. And, and, and I would say that at this period of my life through some things that the Lord has orchestrated to my attention. It's like, Hey, no, no, no. You need to, um, it needs to be evident that you're, um, honoring the calling of being a husband and the calling of being a father. And what does that mean? Well, that means that, Hey, it's, it's, uh, looks like it's four forty-five, and Jude, um, has basketball practice and I'm supposed to be there, you know? And so what that doesn't mean is, is, kind of being lackadaisical about that or lazy about that. I think that's one of the things that, you know, even as my daughter who's uh, 12 last night was asking about, um, Hey, why do I need to learn this stuff about like evolution and, and all this? And I said, you know, so we talked through (laughs) and, you know, as, as Christians, we should be excellent. Right. And, And so our relationship with the Lord, um, and influence of the spirit should cause us to be the most excellent at whatever we do. And so, you know, that discipline of, Hey, well, I'm going to, I'm going to be at the office. I'm going to be at the office early. I'm going to get my work done. I'm going to do these things so that I can create those moments so that I can be there for my wife, be there for my kids and friends and do these things. And so when you model that, you know, in, in, in front of, uh, you know, employees and clients and things like that. I mean, you know, it, it really, it, it does, and it, it creates this integrated reality of, of the business into your life. Right. And so um, I just think that that's, it's important for us to, to be open about that um, and to not shy away from using, you know, like, like we said, being vulnerable and actually using real words. I mean, so I will, at various you know times, you know we're we're struggling that like this situation is really really tough, and you know I'll just say how the Lord's using this situation to 
make me better at, at something, whether that's a better designer or if it's appropriate, a better father, uh, things like that and how the Lord's using that and, and, um, and not kind of being generic in my language, you know, um, but just being specific. And so, um, I, I think, yeah, I mean, so, so I just, yeah, I mean, as we integrate as believers, our work into that, I think it's just, it's, it's, it's important to understand that the, that, that, as believers, we're not called to be a husband now and a father now and then a, and then a leader now. No, we're, we're always all those things. And so letting um, people see you uh, kind of being all those things, you know, attempting to be all those things all the time, all the time and, and showing that you're relying on the Lord to, to do that. I, I think, you know, the first step in, in, in that integration. I think uh, uh, to add on to that, a phrase that I use a lot that was personally really convicting is this idea of, so I am a doer that I, I go and do things so that I might have have things and then be considered, you know, well done. Um, to bring that into a spiritual lens of, of, so I just said lens, I'm going to use that phrase because that's just what I use. But to bring that into a spiritual lens, we often go and do things so that so we have the work of our hands, we go and do things so that we can have God's promises, God's kingdom, and then maybe one day we'll be considered good and faithful servants. But the reality is, is that when God looks at us through the through the blood of Christ, we are so a, a being verb. We are children of God. We can we can be his child, full stop, right there. And then from that, we have his entire kingdom. He has given it all. He has, his promises are made true through being his child. And now we can go do what he has called us to do. So that way, when the, when, when the lady calls about the lock, you're operating from a place of, I am God's child. And I get to go be a, a presence to this person in this moment. And we are totally consumed with being his child and being his workmanship. That when we get to go do whatever it is that he's called us to do, we are full of his presence and full of his joy. And so we often get caught up in the other way of, hey, we got to go do, 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 go do all these things. And it becomes burdensome. And that's when they start to form these lenses and these different buckets of our allocation. But really, it's, it's God just saying, hey, I've already done it all. Like, you don't have to go do anything. You can just be my, you can be with me. And now, welcome, welcome to the kingdom. Let's go and do this together. And, and the doing becomes a beautiful gift that we get to be a part of. Yeah. And that togetherness, you know, cause we are not uh, called to, to do this alone. We're called to do this in community. And, and as far as like Randy's role and uh, with, with me, like he said, we check in with each other, but you know, just, it's great to be able to, um, you know, as a believer uh, get really, really frustrated at something and realize, you know, I should talk to somebody about this uh, before I talk to anybody else about this. And so it's great to have you know, someone like Andy who is integrated into um, the deepest levels of our company and knows what's going on, knows all the nuances of all the situations, and then be able to come to him and say, you know, this, this, this information we got this, you know, makes me feel this way. And before I talk to anybody about how I feel, help me to, to filter that and help, help me process that so that um, I can uh, attempt to maintain more of a, a, a Christ-like response um, when I leave that room, you know, and, yeah. and, uh, 
And so that kind of leaning into the, the concept of community and, and, uh, and, and, and it, that would not be as effective if, for instance, I was just calling up a kind of like just a, you know, a psychiatrist or something, you know, that, that kind of knows me, but doesn't know intimately the struggles of the business that I'm in. And so his knowledge of what we're going through in every moment helps um, you know, guide me, um, you know, as a person, but also as, as a believer. Man, so much stuff, man. I so appreciate you guys. Um, I think one thing I want, I mean, we're, we're running up on the top of the kind of the hour and I want to, I do think it's important, Randy, you, you mentioned briefly about like understanding your mission potential. I mean, we, and I think many, many leaders on these uh, that listen to our to our podcast who are leading companies understand like, hey, you got to have this, you, you know, your organizational clarity. You got to have mission. I'd love to hear you talk about, you know, mission potential and what you call, I think, kingdom performance indicators. You may have mentioned that or and like, you know, we, we've heard key performance indicators, but like kind of talk about that that process and that intentionality uh, and how y'all really driven that through an organizational clarity lens. Yeah. It's very similar to how a company would do, do a business plan is is how we would do a spiritual impact plan. And so we asked that question of, of how do you feel like God is, is uniquely designed you and uniquely called you to expand his kingdom through your company. And, and that's, really the first step is is unearthing that and so that that's a pretty important component and once that's it's just like the vision of a company once that's set a lot of things can then trickle down so what what does that look like for for your company who do you want to have impact with uh the next thing and this is a really important uh, important factor in actually achieving the mission potential is is setting up who's going to own this. And so our, our team can look at me. In fact, yesterday this happened. Our team looked at me and said, hey, we need you to own our people and impacting our people. And so that was cue for me to get our, uh, we're, we're going to do twice a year uh, check-ins with our team. And so this, over the next few weeks, I'll start scheduling those. And that's, I'm the owner. You know, when, when we get together and we see pain points, there's somebody who's who's thinking about this day in and day out. So you have this, really, it's almost a math equation of how many people does your company have the opportunity to impact and list them all, list out what those numbers are. Okay, we have 50 subcontractors. We have 75 employees. We have 10 developers that we're working with. We have, you know, list them all. And then you just start to press into, you know, how do we actually have impact with them? What does that look like? What do we want to to be doing with them? So it's, it first starts with understanding what we've called to be to them, and then how do we want to interact with them? Have that, what we would call chief spiritual officer, you call a lot of different things. Uh, and then we ask the question of, okay, well, what does success look like and how do you define it? That's where the, the KPIs start to come in is we're trying to figure out what what do we want, what do we want, those relationships to look like? How do we want to interact with them? Is it, let's say we're, we're 
focused on the financial side. Success for some companies might say, uh, I, I know of a company that wants to give 10% of, of profit away every year. That's success. We want to give 10% of profit away to Christ-centered nonprofit. Okay. That, that's great. That means you have to be able to run your business on 90% of your profit. So what, what does that look like and how do we structure that? And so you also want to vet those organizations. So that, that's just one simple and probably pretty well received. Uh, I think giving money away is, is often, but then there's really unique ones like, um, I'm trying, I'm going to use our apartment, the, the group that I work with that does apartments. We want to see a hundred percent of our residents that live in apartments have the opportunity to engage with Christ in their first 12 months of living there. That's a very specific item. And then it has a lot of different connections to that. So what does it look like to interact with them, to develop, to use events, to build relationships? So you start, you can create these, these indicators that, that give you the data to understand how you're doing. Uh, and then again, just continuing to bring in other business ideas is if everything's important, nothing's important. So you could make this list and say, we want to impact everyone. Okay. Well, there's only so much time in a day and we have to be profitable because if we don't make money, we're just a nonprofit ministry. There's hundreds to thousands of those great, great nonprofits. We're not here to be a nonprofit. We're a for-profit looking to have kingdom impact. And then the last one, the, the last of the four is in, this is something that every business has to struggle with is what resources are you willing to commit to, to identify mission potential and accomplish mission potential. So the easiest one to, to point out is, is financials, but also relationships, time. Um, th those are who, when things get hard, is the leadership team going to be open to having those conversations or are they going to be, you know, nose down in the weeds and not willing to, to step out. Who's going to be a part of that? So those are all different things of identifying and, and what I would call define and design. So what, define your mission potential and then design how you're going to actually accomplish it. But that initial defining stage happens and really pressing into what you believe. God, who has God called you to be as a company? Who has God given you access to and favor with that you can actually build those types of relationships. Uh, and then for 30 seconds to give you how we see it move through different organizations is we're connecting with people regardless of, of where they're coming from. We're, we're connecting and building relationships. As a faith-driven individual, I'm looking for opportunities to share with those people in a way that's relevant to their life. So I'm not coming in with doing bad quote-unquote evangelism, just blasting it out all the time, but really God called us to love, love people, love God, love people. And so my, my hope is just to love people well and then to gather people together and opportunities to, to dive in deeper for the, I think it was for about three or four months last year, we did every week we had breakfast where we could just ask hard questions about the business, about life, whatever it was. And so we're, we're gathering people and then we want to train them. We want to train people to go out and do this themselves and to become multiplicative, if that's a word. Uh, into the lives of others. So those would be the four stages that we would see, we would want to see in a company. Man, I could, I could riff off that for a while. Um, I mean, I think one of the challenges we, you know, when you think about metrics, right, the, you know, the, the spiritual side, 
of the impact, a lot of times it's not quantitative. So uh, it's easy to say, hey, we're going to we're going to measure these interactions. Right. And I think a lot of people resonate like there's lead, both lead and lag indicators or there's inputs and outputs or outcomes, however you want to define that. And uh, I love the intention yeah. that you guys are bringing there to, to really identify like, hey, this is not, you know, what something that's kind of really squishy. You know, it, it is, it seems squishy, but you are really putting the intentionality to say, hey, these are the, these are some real lead indicators that can produce the outcomes that we may not even know, right? The seed to be planted. Yeah, people people really like the squishy thing because it gives them a reason not to do it. And we would just say, if it's squishy, then make it less squishy. Press into what like we look all throughout scripture. He makes it very God makes it very clear that he he gives assignments to folks as, as Mike made it uh, as Mike alluded to earlier. Um, a verse that he gave me recently was Psalm 40 verses six through eight, and in verse eight it talks about how he's written God's plan on our hearts. Like it's there. We just like, he's given it to us. We just got to press into it. And if it's important to us, then we'll do it. And that would be a challenge I would have to everyone is, Hey, if, if this is what you're waking up and, and you're, you're saying, this is what I am. I'm a faith driven entrepreneur, faith driven investor, faith driven anything. Okay. Great. What does that look like? Like what, what does that actually mean for you in your life and, and for your walk? Um, because we can, there's so many reasons I've got. I've got five little kids. I've got a chronically old wife. I've got four jobs. Like there's so many reasons why I shouldn't take the extra time to whatever with anybody. Um, and that's just not, not what God's called us to be. God's called us to be present. He's called us to be his child and to, to walk with those who he's connected us to. I mean, so good. Um, well, Mike, I don't. I want you to. Is there anything you would add to that from from your perspective? Um, I don't. I don't. I don't think so. I, I think. Um, yeah, it, it works different um, for for different companies, uh, and you know, we're blessed to have uh, Randy. Um, kind of he gets to test it out and experience it in different ways in, in the different formats for these different companies. And so we certainly benefit. I mean, I think that's one of the keys to this kind of new or recently, uh, I don't know how new it is, but this kind of fraction, this idea of fractional resources and leadership is, you know, we get to benefit from um, more than just, you know, a, a, a single perspective. And so um, <clears throat> we get to benefit um, from everything Randy's learning and, and how, um, He's able to, you know, implement this in different ways. It, it looks different and in creature than it does at Eversource or Weldon Field. But, um, you know, we benefit from what he learns in those. And, and um, you know, so, uh, yeah, it's 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 uh, a work in progress. And um, we're, you know, continuing to uh, to see how we can have impact. Yeah. I mean, I think one thing that struck me is that, you know, it's easy to have kind of a lazy theology, you know, like you said, you, we could call it squishy or we can say things like, well, you know, God works in mysterious ways or whatever, you know, this, but these, and I, I share that little story I shared because I'm convicted, right? That if I truly believe this, you know, and Randy, you you put it on me, man, like 
then uh, these interruptions won't be interruptions. They'll be invitations. And, um, you know, like being prepared and realizing that, you know, thinking that if I don't lay the seed, then it, it, it may not grow. Like, I think that's one thing as entrepreneurs, we kind of, that are faith driven, we think that the environments we're in and these things that we're not, that stuff would happen, you know, that there was, if there was a moment, there was something supposed to happen, that it would happen without us. God works in mysterious ways. And that's not true. Like we are, like there is things that I think that we are there to make impact and difference that, you know, yeah. to bring that wouldn't have. And, um, and man, I just love the intentionality that you guys brought. Um, I honor your diligence in that. And uh, I'm just so grateful that you guys spent the time so we do this for every call, uh, these wrap-up questions. So I'm going to ask three, and um, maybe uh, you guys can each maybe take a shot at it. But, like, if what have you read that we should read? So if you write in the last, uh, maybe the last year or two, is there a book that you guys would put out there for, for our listeners? There's lots of books yeah, well, out there. Um, what's that? Mike, Mike reads them all. I said, Mike reads all the books, so I'll let you go first, Mike. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, I listen, I listen to the books um, whenever possible. Um, yeah, I, two, two of the books that I've read recently are, are you know, books that Ty recommended, um, you know, Becoming a King by Morgan Schneider uh, and Habits of the Household uh, by an author that escapes my mind. Do, do, yeah, and so, so those have been good, um, but uh Ty, Ty did not recommend this one to me, but he's also read it. Uh Living Life Backwards, uh, which is a, a commentary on Ecclesiastes um, by David Gibson and uh just talks about living in light of the end. And I, I think it's it's been important for me in the season that I'm in right now to realize that most of my life I've been living for the next opportunity and 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 not being present. And and if you truly understand you know, where everything is going, ultimately, um, the, it, it really frees you up to be present in the moment. And, and I think that's uh, something I'm learning recently in life is that I've missed uh, the joy of being present, actually present in, in this moment. Um, and so I, I think, uh, yeah, just that a unique unpacking of Ecclesiastes uh, by David uh, helps, uh, really has helped me to uh, understand the importance of and how to be present uh, in each moment. Um, I, I would say for me, and this is you know, a cop-out answer, it, it's impactful, is probably six years ago, I started reading the Bible in a year, every year. And in the midst of insanity, when you've built up that rhythm, it, it is incredibly stabilizing. And so I would say to any of any of the listeners is to open scriptures every single day and try and read it every year and see what God does. All right. So another one, who, who should we know or know about uh, that you guys know that's doing, that's doing good work, doing, doing good work in the world. So on, on my walk into the office today, I was listening to a video of an instructor of this organization I'm a part of called Work for Life. And he had to hike seven kilometers to go train uh, a group of 
uh, of individuals who are in extreme poverty. And so I think what I would encourage any listeners to that organization is called Work for Life. But the bigger picture is the power of business has radical opportunity to transform lives and to, to give an expansion of a saying if you give a man a fish, you eat for a day. If you teach a man a fish, you eat for life. That's not quite, if you give a man a fish, teach a man a fish is not quite complete. It's when you teach him how to run a fishing business, he now can provide for his family. And so that's one organization, but that, that mentality is starting to permeate across continents, but also it's starting to bring a fuller picture of, of kingdom, quote unquote, kingdom businesses here in the States. Work for life. Work for life, yeah. I was not going to bring them up until I watched this video. This guy was pouring sweat after his seven-kilometer hike. And I was like, he needs a shout-out. His name's Simon. All right. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't think of anything overly profound at the moment. Uh, but, I mean, I, we uh, we do uh, like Cranny said. Read read all the uh, stuff that Patrick Lencioni puts out, um, and uh, he recently uh, has has put out um, an evaluation called the Working Genius, um, which is about really uh, it's really it's, it's it is a personality test type thing, but really focused on uh, really where you derive joy uh, from in work and, and how understanding how yourself and your teammates derive joy from work can lead to just so much more productivity um, and effectiveness um, in, you know, in, in the workplace. And so I would encourage everybody to, to read everything Lencioni wrote, uh, but this working genius kind of um, evaluation has, has really, really been helpful to our team. Yeah, I actually just took the working genius test for the first time uh, at the... What are you? It keeps getting poked at me, so I finally did. Uh, number one was, was wonder, and number two was invention. And then... That's uh, like a good friend. <laughs> and then... Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, discernment and wonder. And, uh, yeah, that's good stuff. Um Hey, I'm going to point this last question to Randy just because uh, you spent some time in Africa, and I think uh, we we asked uh, where have you have you been that we should go, and I think you know Africa is a really interesting. I mean, I think a lot of people have curiosity. I mean, it's obviously from a, a marketplace faith driven. There's just a lot of conversation, so I'm going to put that one on you, Randy. Where where have you been that we should go? You've seen world travel. Yeah. So um, I'll give you two here. One, most people don't know this. There's actually glaciers in uh, Uganda. So there's two glaciers in Uganda. One is at the top of the Renzori Mountains. And at the bottom of the Renzori is this lodge called Chininga. And it is absolutely gorgeous. It's on a, it's on a, uh, a, a crater lake. And I would say, just the, what is happening in Western Uganda right now is incredible. And so that would be a place I would go is Western Uganda to the Renzori's. It's just beautiful. And uh, the work that God is doing there is not often matched. I don't want to say unmatched, 
not often matched. Uh, and then the, so I knew this question was coming. The other one is I would say, go to your child's next baseball practice or ballet recital. Be engaged. Like, stop making excuses to miss things and start being who God has called you to be. And that means doing the hard things with your family. Uh, I'm the first one to often call myself overworked or to take on another meeting. And this is me more telling it to myself than anybody on your who's listening to this is go be go be present where your family is right now. <laughs> so good. And then I would do that. Don't turn it into another performance because I uh, got roped into coaching uh, an eight year old baseball team. My tendencies mm. maximize. And so we've been uh, so, yeah, it's been interesting, but I appreciate that. Well, guys, I, I can't thank you guys enough for taking the time. Um, just so all the listeners know, we, we do put notes in, uh, in the podcast link. So um, with you guys' permission, I'm going to put uh, you guys' emails. Uh, there will be some information if, uh, if folks want to reach out to you guys, they'll, they'll get your way. Thank you, Todd, for having us today. Awesome. Thank you.